Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Remember, true believers, with great power comes great responsibility. Welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I am your chunk. I'm Doge and Peter Parker. Sometimes to do what's right, we must be steady and give up the things we desire the most, even our dreams. Doc Ock, you're right. A piece of wreckage gets sucked into the machine. Outside, several cars are pulled toward the vortex. Doc Ock, to his arms. He's right. The tentacles click and whirl, strongly disagreeing with him. Dr. Otto Octavius, listen, listen to me now. He finally acquires his sanity and control over his tentacles. With a jerk, a tentacle lets go of Peter. Now, tell me how to stop it, Dr. Otto Octavius. It can't be stopped. It's self-sustaining now. Peter Parker, think, Doc Ock, unless the river, (laughs) drown it. Peter turns to leave, but a tentacle grips him once again. Dr. Otto Octavius, I'll hunk it. He heads toward his Frankenstein creation, pausing for a moment to look back at Peter. Peter meets his glass and then sensing someone looks behind him and sees Mary Jane. I love it so much when you do. When you do all Did that. you ever say hunk? <laughs> yeah. Doc Ock said, I'll hunk it. I'll hunk it, he said. I was listening for it. Dude, it's like it's like <laughs> a it's like a baseball bat to my kneecaps. Oh, I'm sorry that you don't like audio theater, Jordan. Hmm. I'm Carter. And <laughs> you know, in theater when somebody comes out and is like, I'm Hamilton real quick. Hold on. <laughs> and then sets me. Line. Gosh. I'm Carter and What are we going to call this guy? Dr. Octopus? That's crap. Science squid? Crap. Dr. Strange? That's pretty good. But it's taken. Wait, wait. I got it. Dr. Octopus. But, uh, I chunk it. (laughs) This is a second week in a row. It's a pretty solid J.K. Simmons. Yeah. I have to now. I have to. It's a very good one. It's very good. As long as J.K.'s there, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to keep going. Can we speak to J.K. Simmons, Carter? Is he, is he in the today? room? Is he Can in we, the room? Is J.K. <laughs> is he here right now? Today? No, he's not. <laughs> he's not. Carter, he are there any? Up. Are there any yellow M and M's with us today? <laughs> yeah. Okay. This guy's Josh. not white. I'm <laughs> on the inside. I'm a nut. <laughs> but he's so different as the yellow. He's so. He's so. His lips are not as as. He's floppy. Like lower down. It's like, yeah. He's not being. 
J.K. Simmons in that sense. Yeah, he's such totally. a great actor. Oh I my god! I think he got an Oscar nomination for Yellow. Yellow. Oscar for nomination. <laughs> yeah, he got Oscar, Oscar nomination for, for Yellow. Nomination. They were like Doge, it, why are you the surprising, surprising display of talent from the Whiplash you guy can't to be, be like a Yellow Eminem? Trying to speed it up and get us into the episode when y'all took combined seven minutes before I could even introduce myself. So don't get yeah, that's me. true. That's true. I never. Carter, do you think I called you out specifically? I I do. I'm insecure this morning. I'm the hunk because we got a puppy dog. <laughs> Good for you, man. Puppy. A little, a little white puppy dog. We adopted Aww. him from uh, White Rock Dog Rescue here in the DFW Metroplex. And all the photos of him, we thought he was tan. He looked like a little tan boy. So we had all these great names picked out for a tan dog. Uh, and... We got there and this, he's white, like completely pure white. Ghost-like even. Ghost-like even. And since Game of Thrones ended so bad, his name is not Ghost. Mm. Uh, Mm -hmm. His name is Bear because he looked like a little polar bear. Uh, And he's the best. We're so, so happy that we have him. Uh, The rescue rescue did name him Parmesan. That's a good name. And that is actually the best dog name I've ever heard in my mm-hmm. life. So yeah. I, mm-hmm. there's part of me That's that didn't want to change name, it. That's his first name, but would go by his middle name, Bear. Sure. Yeah. Parmesan Bear. Parmesan Bear. I yep. will only be referring to him as Parmesan for the rest That's of fine. his life. That's fine. Life. He's just, like seven Jean, weeks Jean, old. So Jean. 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 We thought about calling him Jean. Jean Parmesan. We thought about calling him Sean, short for Parmesan. Shawan. 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 We thought about Sean in honor of Lucas Black and what a cool and normal dude he is with totally… <laughs> Totally great worldviews. This one's off the rails already. (laughs) There's no more rails. Let's bring it back on the rails. Let's bring it back on the rails. Much like what Peter tries to do. Oops, no rails. At the penultimate scene of this movie. You used penultimate right. He did it. I'm trying to feel better about myself. did it. You know what? My puppy's growing and so is my Carter. Aw. That's so sweet. We are continuing our Spider-Man series. <laughs> hey, hey, real quick. That was right in my ears because of my <laughs> headphones. And I hated that so much. It's also going to be right in the ears of every listener. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so you're not having engine problems. That's Carter purring into his microphone. <laughs> purring like a dog do. <laughs> to continue our Spider-Man series leading up to the release of Spider-Man No Way Home, we have the second Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie known as Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. 2. World Tour. Doge. Yeah. Give me a synopsis that I can really sniff and taste. <laughs> sure, bud. Thank you. <laughs> this week's synopsis, we once again return to the editorial stylings of Sumitra, IMDb user, who provided the synopsis last week. Sumitra this week writes, My favorite coffee. Peter Parker is an unhappy man. After two years of fighting crime as Spider-Man, so just real quick, Tobey Maguire is supposed to be 20 in this. After yeah. two years of fighting crime uh, as 21, Spider-Man. 21, I believe, because there's a time jump birthday. in one. Yeah. Yep. After two years of fighting crime as Spider-Man, his life has begun to fall apart. The girl he loves is engaged to someone else. His grades are slipping. He cannot keep any of his jobs. And on top of it, the newspaper Daily Bugle is attacking him viciously, claiming that Spider-Man is a criminal. He reaches the breaking point and gives up the crime fighter's life once and for all. But after a failed fusion experiment, 
Eccentric and obsessive scientist Dr. Otto Octavius is transformed into supervillain Dr. Octopus, Doc Ock for short, having four long tentacles as extra hands. Peter guesses it might just be time for Spider-Man to return, but would he act upon it? That's the oh, end? Oh, that's the end. Okay. Would he? Guys, would I need he? to know. Would he act upon would it? Would he, though? I am certain Strong that story. I have told this story on this podcast, but... Hey, that's you. never stopped us before. Amen, brother. So there was this, I was making a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> that's so long ago now. About uh, two and a half years ago, I watched, uh, I was in counseling at the time, and I watched Into the Spider-Verse in my house for the very first time. And uh, if you haven't seen Into the Spider-Verse, uh, spoilers, but I mean, what, have, what are you doing if you haven't watched that movie? Yeah, for real. <clears throat> but in the first few minutes... Uh, Chris Pine's version of Peter Parker, sort of like the Spider-Man Prime sort of yeah. situation, is killed. Uh, he dies. And all of New York finds out via push notification on their phones. And I don't know what happened to me. I don't, so I have a whole, I have a thing. I wish I could cry. I'm a very emotional person. It's just, there's like a cry mental block in my brain. I just don't do it. Mm. I'll well up, but I don't cry. Mm. Yeah. I bawled. <laughs> Inconsolable. Oh. Had oh, to no. pa- had to pause the movie like full blown like <laughs> oh. Oh. I couldn't catch my breath. Jordan like bald like a baby. And Callie's laughing at me not out of meanness <laughs> but out of like why this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, in counseling, I had a long conversation, and my counselor was like, "What age do you think Spider Man was in that movie?" And I was like, "Probably close to my age." Uh-huh. Yeah. And he was like, "And and what do you identify with Spider Man about?" And I was like, "I feel like I have to do the right thing a lot." Like all the, it was like a whole thing yeah. where we like uncovered that I have this like childhood connection to Spider Man because of his desire to do good. It's the same reason Samwise makes me cry at the end of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like that whole thing. I've got this whole connection to Spider-Man. It, it It is the reason that in my 20s, my favorite superhero became Spider-Man instead of Batman. But as I became a man, I put away childish things. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> became a teenager. Guys, I cried again last night when I watched you this You did. Not, not a full-blown like ball session or anything like that. But we'll yeah. talk about the scene that it happened okay. for me. But for some reason, we've discovered that I have two cry buttons as an adult. Iron Giant and Spider-Man. <laughs> Toby, Toby's a top five cry boy. He's, Dude, he's good a good crier. He's a good crier. He's, he's up there with Mel Gibson. For let me. me let me say something I appreciate about Raimi's Spider-Man movies that we haven't really seen since, and it is this. Sam Raimi and, by extension, Toby Maguire are unafraid for Peter to l- look weird when he is struggling or crying or sad. Like, yeah. They they do not shy it's away real. from yes. There's none of this like heroic face of like I can do this. It's like no. P- Peter looks like he is in pain. He looks like he is struggling a lot of times. Like great. He's good, man. Well, like the faces that he's making when he's stopping the train, for example, are some oh, yeah. of the worst faces ever <laughs> yeah, committed to celluloid. To this watch. was shot on 35 millimeter film, and I think this is why things are shot digitally now because they were like, not that we can't print anything else face. on film that's ever going to look that bad. But <laughs> I think that's. Intentional, and we will yeah, definitely talk about that next week. There's a scene that is pretty universally regarded as the worst thing in a superhero movie of all time <laughs> that I actually am an apologist for, and I think is pretty good and a smart decision. Uh, <laughs> but like in in these movies, we're totally unafraid to remind people, hey, Peter Parker is not cool. 
Right. Peter Parker is completely a dork that. and yeah. kind of a loser. And yeah. that's okay. And that's sort of the point. It's yep. totally fine that he is not at all cool. And Peter himself is not aspirational. Spider-Man is. Spider-Man is. Right. And, right? and, and thus, by extension, becomes Peter, which we'll also talk about. Exactly. We'll talk about the ways that— So one of my—actually, let's just talk about it now. I think this is good. Yeah. So one of my favorite—this is my favorite Spider-Man movie that exists to date. This is, Dude, this the is a peak th- of Spider-Man. This is maybe my favorite superhero movie, at least a top five. Like, this is, for whatever reason, every single thing in this— completely works for me. Yeah, it's 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 dorky, it's campy, it's cheesy. The science sure. behind the villain makes no sense. The fact Not that at all. the fact that it starts pulling cars from a mile away but before it finishes destroying the building is hilarious yeah. to me. Like yeah. there's so, so much of that stuff that's the way the way I'm viewing this movie, this movie is like when superhero movies were in 6th grade. Yeah. Where there was some stuff about them that was pretty cool, but they also hadn't learned to be embarrassed of themselves yet. Right. I think I think the Dark Knight is when superhero movies kind of learned like, oh, they, we could we don't have to be embarrassed of ourselves. Like they, they hadn't the, the done Dark things. Knight is when you're in the seventh grade and you watch one of your friends kiss a girl for the first time. You're like, I didn't even wait, know that was what? on the table. Are can you we kidding do me? That? Are you sure we can do that? But like this is this to me. This is 2004. This is when superhero movies are in sixth grade. There's enough cool stuff about them. They haven't learned to be embarrassed of themselves yet. So right. it's incredibly cheesy. Right. Then we get the Dark Knight. We get this brief period where everything's got to be broody and dark. And now it feels like our superhero We're movies are sort back. of graduating high school, getting to college. Yeah. We're like, we can be goofy and campy, and that's fine. We yeah, can be. Right. We can laugh at ourselves. We can 100%. be a little embarrassing. But this is just so like earnestly cheesy that it's yes. incredibly charming. Yeah, and it's the yeah. earnestness that re- earnesty. Earnesty is not a word. The earnestness yeah. that really pays off here. So, and that's Mary Jane's play, by the way, the importance of being earnest. So, I don't think that's down. an accident, honestly. Yeah. Um, so, the, one of the things that I love about this movie, one of my favorite things about Spider Man as a character, done really well. And I feel like Sam Raimi gets Spider Man. Yep. Um, Same. One of the things that I love about this movie is that Spider Man, we get to see how Spider Man is transforming the citizens of New York. Mm-hmm. in a positive way. And one of the best ways that we get to see that is one of my favorite scenes. It's the first time I began to well up with tears in the movie. One of my favorite Spider-Man scenes of all time, when a powerless Peter Parker runs in to save the young girl from the fire. Yeah. When we see that Peter has been transformed by doing the right thing to the point to where even when he's now at a disadvantage, he's still going to do it. Yeah. Um, it's so good because we, yeah, we get to see, cool. then we're immediately followed up with <clears throat> Aunt May and the kid Henry across the street. That's my favorite part of this movie. That, that kid needs Spider-Man, that Aunt May needs, I mean, Aunt May knows. Yeah. Is it, I, think she I does. can't remember, is it ever revealed that she knows? It's never it revealed. Is. I she think this. Defo knows, dude. I think she knows. I think she probably recognized his voice at the bank earlier with, yeah. with Jeff from Community being yeah. the bank teller. She definitely knows this whole scene to me works better when you think that she knows. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, dude, just watching the way, because that's the thing about Spider-Man. You talk about, you know, Batman loves to talk about he's a symbol. Spider-Man might even do that better without talking about it as much. Yeah. Right. Spider-Man is a symbol of hope. And and I found myself watching the scene um, where he uh, is back and New York is freaking Mm -hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about the 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 joy that had to be felt in that city when the red and blue is so bright and swinging above the city again. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I could gush about this movie probably for the next yeah. hour without taking a breath. Yeah. It's really, it's hard to take an objective stance on this movie. It really is. Because I saw this in theaters, maybe <laughs> like the day it came out. And I yeah. was, I was 10 years old. It was life changing. This, this was absolutely everything to me. I talked last week about how Spider-Man 2 is probably the reason I love in movies. In 2004? Uh-huh. Yeah. I keep forgetting how much. Okay. Yeah. We're babies, Carter. We're little. I was we're driving. Little I was 16. I think I drove to this. You drove, you drove me. me. You drove, you drove me, me to, me to movie. it. You were babysitting uh-huh. us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but you this movie everywhere. <laughs> As a 10-year-old, yeah. It's <laughs> embarrassing. But I liked comic books. I was a nerd. Pooped uh, right in my pocket protector. Uh, <laughs> gross. <laughs> but it's good because it's plastic, so I didn't ruin mm-hmm. Yeah, you just wipe it off. Yeah. All right. Now, if anybody's still listening, if we haven't completely lost you, this movie was absolutely everything to me when it came yeah. out. And like, I, I find it impossible to articulate how meaningful this movie was to me when I saw it and how meaningful it continues to be for me. I think that uh, through counseling, I've uncovered a, a bit of a savior complex that I have. Hey, where it's me like, as well. Uh, where, where it's like, and I think it's it stems from this movie of like, Peter, if you have the power to make a difference, any power at all to make a difference, you owe it to people to make that difference. And I think there are probably healthy ways to view that and healthy ways to apply that to your life. And there are probably unhealthy ways where it's like you're draining yourself of your own power to make a difference. So I think that that has to be balanced with a, a pretty healthy dose of self-care. But it's it's that kind of ethos that's at the heart of this movie that to me, that is Spider-Man. And I really don't think we do that again. I genuinely don't know that we do that very well in the Amazing Spider-Mans is, except for maybe the very end of Amazing Spider-Man 2. And yeah. I, the more I'm watching this, this is probably the first time I've rewatched these since uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Mans came out. Mm-hmm. The more I'm realizing that Tom Holland is a great choice for Peter and Spider-Man, but those scripts are pretty bad Spider-Man stories. I, I, I don't actually, know that I agree with that necessarily. I actually don't think they're very good Spider-Man stories at all. Compared to this, this is very like Silver Age classic. This, this is, is a very traditional Spider-Man This is story. the core of Spider-Man. I think these newer ones like, because to me, part of the core of Spider-Man is that like the conversation with May at the dining room table where he's like this incredible guilt that he's living with of like, I'm the one responsible. Yeah. I could have stopped the guy that killed Uncle Ben and now yeah. I have to watch you widowed being pushed out of your home because I was selfish in that moment. And so I'm going to spend my whole life making it up to you, making it up to New York by proxy. And I don't, we don't really get those emotional, I mean, it's soap opera. We don't get those depths, I think, again, from another Spider-Man. I agree with that. I think in defense of the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, I just think they're telling a different type of Spider-Man story that is less Peter compelling and more action. It's it's more action than it is character. uh, Yeah, Yeah. I think, to be honest, I think, the Tom Holland Spider-Mans were approached with reverence to what Maguire had already done, to be honest. Yeah, like, probably. I feel like they were like, we this, this is we can't do this better, yeah. maybe, is, is what yeah. I think in, in the overarching universe. One of my favorite things about Spider-Man, I prefer as a hero and as the movies, and there's more influence for me, I prefer Batman. But mm. I cannot argue that Spider-Man is the most relatable hero Right. And it's not just because he's younger and ignorant. It's a lot of things. And I think the hype around Spider-Man, we talked about yesterday, the trailer when Tom Holland got emotional, but the new trailer for Spider-Man 
uh, No Way Home and just how excited everybody was, there's a different energy there. I think there's yeah. a different energy about being excited for Spider-Man than I think any other hero. And it really is a childlike energy to me. It is like a… Yep. Yeah. When I was watching Spider-Man 2, even though I know I was 16, 15 or 16 when this came out, I'm still like feeling the plastic of like the Spider-Man toys that I had. Yep. I'm yeah. smelling my Whopper from Burger King. <laughs> like I'm like Spider-Man on the box. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, I'm tasting the DP on the can because they locked it down. I'm just like, it is, there is a nostalgia there that I think maybe in canon of like culturally of Spider-Man, of what we were able to see on screen, you can't do if Tobey Maguire had not been the choice. Right. Right. I think it needed to be him. And what a, we talk about how a lot of the times, not necessarily how movies or actors luck into something, but it is kind of a, boy, I mean, they kind of did. I mean, if it wasn't Toby to kind of come out of nowhere when we finally decide to do a pretty good cinematic Spider-Man universe, I, I don't know where we'd be right now. I think if it started with Garfield or it started yeah. with, I don't know. So he hurt his back. Uh, in between Spider-Man 1 and 2. And almost did not return for this. You guys know who it would have been who was in negotiations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's your Gyllenhaal. boy, Jordan. It was Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. He's, he's, he's having a tough week this week. Yeah, I know. He's, Jake. Having, he's having a tough week. <laughs> you missed we out on Spider-Man, but well. at least you got a cool scarf. So. Uh, <laughs> um, I, uh, what I had read, though, was that like Toby had to apologize later because he was faking. It was like he was faking the injury to get more money. Do you he's believe that? that or you, he's that good of an actor. You choose wow. not to. I yeah, can't I believe know. it. He's that good of an actor. Mm. But they just let him go. They were like, hey, we're not going to do this. We can't deal with you. Oh. Now, I am going to go ahead and super dump if that's okay, okay. With everyone. Yeah, go for it. Just to get it out of the way. Um, man, James Franco's really bad in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, really bad. I think he's better than in last week's Spider-Man, though. I think so, too. I don't know. I don't but he's so. still really bad. Maybe it's because there was just more of him. He, I think he's got a, a smidge more charisma, um, and it's yeah. still really awful. And he's, to me, the worst performance in this movie. Yeah, it would have been fine if he was just playing a caricature of a spoiled brat right? that wants to get his way and is just brooding. We've seen yeah. plenty of actors and actresses do that, but he, he wasn't acting. He just wasn't acting well. Yeah. yeah. He couldn't even do that. Yep. Yeah, he's my super dumb. Uh, it was really bad. Maybe chalk it up to being early in his career. But yeah. No, no bueno. So this is probably a good time to mention, I watched Spider-Man 2.1. That's kind of an extended director's cut that was released about a month before Spider-Man 3 came out. So uh, Spider-Man 3, marketing was in full full swing, and they're like, hey, let's play the hits again. Let's give them another Spider-Man 2. This time it's 10 minutes longer with some alternate cuts. So What's added? Uh, the elevator scene with the guy. Uh, it's a totally mm-hmm. different scene, different dialogue, uh, mm-hmm. and I think it's way funnier. Some scenes are given more room to breathe. Some fight sequences are a little longer. I think the very best addition concerns Harry, though. Okay. It's at the birthday party. The scene of Peter and Harry talking by themselves at the birthday party is longer in Spider-Man 2.1. And Harry actually gets to show nuance. I don't think James Franco really carries it well at all. But we get, uh, Harry actually apologizes. He's like, hey, Peter, I'm so sorry that I'm so fixated on Spider-Man. I miss our relationship. I miss our friendship. I just want you to put yourself in my shoes. Think about how you feel about the guy that killed your Uncle Ben. You want him dead, right? That's how I feel about Spider-Man. To me, like, even that acknowledgement of, like, 
just the context hey, of it. Let's see. Uh, let's get a little context of that. That to me further serves the theme of Peter being like Spider Man is not worth it. Right. He hurts more people than he helps. I don't know. I just think I, that's one of those things that I cannot believe was cut. Mm. Just because it's anything that serves theme, we have to keep that in the movie just to to further. I don't know. I think that's one thing this movie does well. Gosh, and maybe is my super pump. I don't know. I don't think it is. It's not. I'm not changing my mind. <laughs> don't just throw that stuff around. No, no, no. You gotta be serious. Yeah. The thing, a thing that this movie does really well is the script. Everything exists to serve the central theme. Right. And I think we did a really good job. Our our two big influences for this. We talked about this, I think, last week during shout announcements are The Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Volume 1, the one that ran from 1968 or 9 to 1999. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, Volume 1, Issue 50, which is Spider-Man No More, where Peter... Uh, we get a ton of the same beats that we get here where Peter's grades are slipping, Peter's falling behind on rent, Peter is getting fired or put on sort of probation at the bugle, uh, all because of Spider-Man. And so he says being Spider-Man is not worth it. Then Mm -hmm. obviously at the end, spoiler alert, he decides being Spider-Man is worth it and we have another 50 years of Spider-Man stories at this point. Uh, The other big inspiration is The Amazing Spider-Man Volume 1, Issue 12 called Unmasked by Dr. Octopus. And it's the first appearance of Doc Ock. Uh, And in this, Peter has to, uh, Doc Ock is kind of doing all these big crimes throughout New York City to goad Spider-Man into fighting him. Uh, And that's really all his motivation because again, it was 1968. Uh, Yeah. And, uh, but Peter has the flu. Uh, And so Peter is like unable to fight him well because he's sick and he Mm -hmm. has the flu. And so it's interesting that we chose to bring that element in as well here with Peter starting to lose his powers. But that, the yeah. power loss thing, that's actually going to be my super dump. Okay. Because uh, specifically my super dump is a continued hatred of organic webbing. Yeah, for sure. Because now what we want to do, Peter runs out of web. Yeah. So we have to explain that biologically as like it's a mental thing, which to me just doesn't fully hold up, even though it serves the theme of both Peter and Otto by the end have to decide what kind of person am I going to be. Right. And they have the power, they have the agency to decide the kind of person they're going to be. But like if we want Peter to run out of webs or to have a hard time Spider-Manning, we just, we should have not done organic webbing because then he could say, oh, I don't have the money to buy stuff to make webs. It just, that stuff doesn't really hang together for me and, and really hasn't ever. I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't love that. It, it was put on a tee to do it that. to do it well. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Except we made it organic. I, I hate. It's not a super dump, but it's a dump. But I hate the noise his wrists make when yeah, that's they're gross. shooting blanks. Yeah, his I empty noise can't help but think of the little like is little flap of skin that's just being like. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. Just his little just little wrist farts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yuck. What do you yeah. guys think in general about the power loss storyline in this? Um, I don't like it. I don't like the idea that I don't like the idea. Okay, so two things. I don't like the idea that his powers are dependent upon his state of mind. That seems crazy to me. Like that doesn't really yeah. hold up or make a lot of sense. And two, to me, it it is more powerful if he struggles mentally with the idea of being Spider Man and gives it up versus just saying like I can't do it anyway, even I if can't I can't anymore. To. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. This feels like one of those things. I forget that that is in this movie. Yeah, you too. It's like everybody looks fondly on the Richard Donner, Christopher Reeve Superman and forgets that canonically one of his powers is to throw the S off his chest somehow. (laughs) (laughs) It's like an energy at, you know what I mean? It's like, what is that doing in that movie? Oh, that's bizarre. Right? (laughs) I didn't remember that at all. See? Nobody thinks about that. Yeah, it just doesn't fit. Yeah. Is there anything, uh, and we could cut this out because it might not be relatable at all, but when, uh, 
So Tom Holland in, in uh, Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming, when he says, come on, Peter, like when he's like pushing up the rock. Oh, you mean my favorite scene in Spider-Man Homecoming? Yeah. You mean my favorite scene in any Spider-Man movie? Yeah, that is, it's, it's funny because we can still kind of have the struggle of yeah. like the motivation to be Spider-Man. Yeah. Also, I also an organic that scene. So yeah. it's amazing. Amazing. Well, I think we can get a similar scene when he's stopping the train in this. Like, yeah. it's not that he's having to become superhuman again. It's that he's having to become more superhuman. Because it's, mm-hmm. it's too difficult. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But my super dump is, and I'm, I might have to eat these, these words when I, we watch some of the Batman movies, because I can't guarantee that it doesn't do some of the, the same things early on. But there's some edit. There's some, like, changing from scenes to scene that… If if you were to like give me a uh, you know Sin City, we can kind of see the comic book wall between the next frame. <laughs> right. Maybe it would make more sense. Right. But there's some jumps here that are so it, it's it, it feels like it would have been so easy to not have it so jumpy. It's like what two seconds did you have to cut off to where we just get the last like syllable of what Melina had to say, and then we jump straight to somewhere yeah, completely right, different. Right. Yeah. Like there's some massive leaps because one of my favorite things about this movie is how many different genres it is. Right. Like it goes, <laughs> totally. Sam Raimi said, give me the hospital scene. Yeah. He said, give Ooh. me. That's just straight me, horror movie, dude. It's a horror movie. So it's a horror movie. I was thinking at one point with the dynamic between MJ and Peter, like, this could have this could have been in Summer of Love. I mean, this is yeah, a romance totally. movie right. too. It's a drama. Right. And then obviously it's an action movie. It's a superhero movie. It's semi-sci-fi at times. And so it was like, even then, I think I would have respected all that more if the jumps weren't so, so harsh. Right. There was just times that, I liked how it would be creative sometimes. And you would have like, we have a picture of, I think Doc Ock's shades and we zoom in on that and now we're at the bank or whatever they're doing. Yeah. Like, I think that's creative, but they didn't do that throughout. It was just kind of like, next. Yeah, it's so funny to get that to it. You, get, you get that poor editing in the same movie where you get the scene of Peter's Spidey sense warning him that there's a car flying towards the window and that scene is edited so cool. Yeah. Um, it's funny that those exist in the same world. Although I, I, I do have to ask… Doc Ock didn't know Peter was Spider-Man at that point. So he was just going to kill the guy that knew where Spider-Man was. He was just going to completely kill him. Just going to murder him. And this movie's full of little things like that where it's like, okay, whatever. Still love it. Won't stop me from loving it. Um, Yeah. But again, this was was pre-Dark Knight. It was okay that it's a live-action cartoon. Right. It's like, that doesn't really make sense. Right. My my super dump was almost um, the fact that the first half of this movie, uh, it feels like 50% of the shots are just close-ups of people screaming as loud as they can. There's a lot of those like Super really like whip zoom in yep. on screams. Yep. Like, yeah, it is so like B movie. But still. not the Jerry Seinfeld B movie. A it's like a B movie. Oh, B. okay. Yeah. I was confused. I thought not you meant that, that this good. is Jerry Seinfeld's the B movie. No, it's not Jerry Seinfeld's Magnum Opus, the thing he's most known for, the B movie. <laughs> when he's like, What's the deal with honey? And everybody it comes from it. my butt. <laughs> <laughs> I told you not to sting him. Now you're gonna die. I'm in love with a human woman. <laughs> Everybody's fine with it. I guess we should probably go to shout announcements. Yeah, feels like time. <laughs> Welcome to shout announcements. It's the shout announcements. Listen, folks. If you have the power to act. 
then you have the responsibility <gasps> to do so. You have the power to Amazing. make a difference in the life of our podcast, and thus you have the responsibility. We need That's you to leave amazing. us a rating and a review on the Keep iTunes on store. Uh, that is the best way. Quick R and R. Quick R and R. That is the best way to help us reach new listeners, invite new people into our pod family, adopt new brothers and sisters for all of you, our beautiful children, to love and accept as your own playmates. Remember, with your great rating and reviewing power comes a great rating and reviewing responsibility. Let me float this. Let me float this at you. How do you feel about yeah. it? Yeah. Pod daddies. That uh, and our listeners are our, our beautiful little babies. Our pod babies. Okay. I think I have to I think I have to think about that for a little while. I already thought about it and I'm <laughs> I'm not sure that I I'm not I'm not sure that I want to put like my name on LinkedIn as like Justin Dozier pod daddy. That feels like that. Well, we've been the pod boys sure. for so long, but if we're adopting all of these beautiful little not, children. Listen, it's time for a pod boy to become a pod man. Pod daddies. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just floating it. Let me know. Okay. The, the other thing I'm floating is uh, next week, third installment of our Spider-Man series, wrapping up the Raimi trilogy with the Revenge of the Sith of the Spider-Man world. You either love it or you hate it. Uh, but the quality is not in question. The quality of the movie is not part of the conversation of whether you love it or hate <laughs> it. I promise you that. It's Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3, y'all. And, uh, and if you want to do a little bit of homework, it's me, Doge the Nerd, telling you what comic books to read. Uh, I nerd-voiced myself. There, we're all even now. You did it. Yeah, because you only all even. once to me. We're all even. Uh, you can check out, uh, if you want to read some comics that inspired this, you can read the Alien Costume Saga, ran, ran from May 1984 to April 1985. You can also check out uh, the first appearance of The Sandman in The Amazing Spider-Man Volume 1, issue number four, the fourth issue of Spider-Man. It's called wow. Nothing Can Stop, dot, 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 The Sandman. Exactly. Spider-Man 3 takes a lot of liberties with these comic characters. Uh, it gives Flint Marco, Sandman, a daughter and a wife and a sympathetic backstory. And in the comics, he's a nasty crook. And that's it. Uh, you can also check out uh, things like the first appearance of Gwen Stacy, first appearance of the new Goblin, of Harry as the Goblin. But all of these things are kind of just suggestions. <laughs> Little hints at things that may or may not have happened in the comic. This is a sort of a camel of a movie in terms of let's put this idea and this idea and this idea. And <laughs> that is not a surprise to anybody listening. But no. also, that? if you want to watch, if you want to go ahead and watch all of that 70s show to prepare for Topher Grace, you can go ahead and do exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So read the Alien Costume Saga and watch all of that 70s show to understand all the references we'll be making next week. Mm. Also, don't forget our Patreon. Please, outside of that rating and reviewing, if you want some more of that content from Two Chunks and a Hunk, you can pay $3 and you'll get some bonus episodes and you'll get extra votes. You'll get great, great power for only $3 a month. And then on the $5 tier, you get to join our Discord uh, where we are wrapping up season one of Box Office Ball. And I, it could be that I've never lost. It, it's looking like a, it's just a possibility here. We've, we're close to $2 billion now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, for team for team Carter. But, That's interesting. You know, there's still a chance. I, you know, like how you I always win. How you always win the game you invented. Mm -hmm. I bet That's James Naismith won a lot of basketball games. I I, for some reason, I feel like you always talk about how you know that James Naismith invented basketball. Do I? I you brought I, this up very this very thing like pretty frequently. Mm -hmm. I just love basketball so much. <laughs> I know. I do know that about you. You do look like a. Uh, 
straight up cast member from White Men Can't Jump today. Oh, I'm a real, hat. I'm a real ball. I head. like it a lot. I'm just a real ball head. You got yeah. your Wesley Snipes hat on. It looks great. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's only a only something that we get to see. <laughs> Nobody else. Nobody else. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I feel like I've been overly negative on this movie. I'm finally want to say something positive for once. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and super pump right okay. here. Just get it out of the way. And then I can go back can to I being guess? that real negative. No, real negative downer about how much I hate this movie. You're allowed to guess. Yeah, guess. Um, well, my super pump was almost this, but I don't want to take your reveal away. Okay. Okay. My super pump is the train scene. Oh, the, okay. In, never the, mind. In, That's my super in, pump. Really? Yeah. Same. Yeah. Super duper pump. Super duper. The train sequence. Like starting. Hey, this is the part that made me cry. Really? Yeah. I, I'm going to talk briefly about it then, and I want you to have the spotlight for that then. Well, I mean, Let's I don't try, have to do that. Trying to spotlight, uh, clear the cobwebs from your emotional corners because <laughs> you're about to be put on display. Uh, I think the train sequence in this movie, uh, which, if I'm not mistaken, begins with the fight on the clock tower and then they Correct. fall off the clock tower Correct. onto the it's train. One of the first things they filmed, I think, for this movie. This is. For my money, the best action sequence, certainly in a Spider-Man movie. Like, it is close to top superhero movie moments This is for the me. best Spider-Man scene. Yeah. This is, it, it is absolutely, like, the choreography of it, the kineticism of it, the way it ends with, and, like, I'm even fine with the really, really blatant crucifix thing. Right, When he, yeah. like, falls back and his arms are outstretched, like, he's on a cross. That's like, kind of this whole movie, a little bit. That's, it's so blatant and so cheesy, but that is fine with me like this is so I, I don't know if the central thesis of this movie if the theme of this movie is about deciding the kind of person you want to be and then being that with all your heart and with all yourself being that kind of person this sequence feels like the movie saying this is what we are we are a cheesy we are a at times really shoddy cg we are a completely earnest heartfelt cartoon made real and so we're going to be it. We're going to completely be it. We're going to be exactly what we are, nothing more, no less, for this entire train sequence. This is, even as a kid, I was like, I have never seen anything like that. Yep. It is so, so good. Yeah, the only other movie depictions that we get of like a superhero to where it is like, it, it is like dramatic is one of the most dramatic heroes. And it's Batman, right? right? We had right. The, the Tim Burton Batmans, but that was brooding because it's Batman. Right, you yeah, know? right. It's like Hot Topics number one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with, with Spider-Man, it was fine. I think in 2004 even, it was fine. Because this is before everything just kind yeah. of starts getting Oscar noms. Even though this won an Oscar, mm -hmm. by the way, this movie did. Did it really? For what? Uh-huh. 
visual effects. Well, 2004 was a different time. It looked it? infinitely better than one. It did look a lot better than one, but also the Spider-Man PS5 remastered game looks infinitely better than some of the CG in this. Right, time. yes. <laughs> no, that's valid. Sure. That's valid. 100%. When he uh, shoots, threads the needle on that bridge. Yeah, that's awesome. And then does it again in the windows of the subway. Like him crawling around the train yeah. with Doc Ock. One of the things I love about Doc Ock is Doc Ock is the only, the closest Spider-Man gets to fighting himself in some ways as far as mobility goes. May I introduce you to a little boy known as Venom? Yeah, no, I know. But I'm talking about strictly yeah. like the way that we're fighting on uh, like vertical surfaces yeah. and going around Doc things. Ock matches Peter's verticality. Right, yeah. yeah. It's very interesting. It's very fun. Mind-blowing. Yeah. That's also a thing too that's like, we talked about, uh, or at least I talked about a little bit in Spider-Man. It had to be hard to make Spider-Man a movie character because of the way he moves. Yeah. It's yeah. It's kind of tough to pull that stuff off. And so, yeah, this kind of feels like uh, what you would get in the 2010s when uh, Doctor Strange is just flipping the world upside right. down. Or yeah, like Inception totally. and stuff. Right. But you're getting it in 2004 in a Spider-Man movie. And it's, I remember it being mind-blowing. I was like, I have no, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Is it real? Was this. it real? Did they film the That's real That's amazing. Thing? Yeah. Is that, a, is that the sun? How they do that? So, <laughs> on the train, um, I'm going to specify my me, super pump. Tell me about those tears. Yeah. So, it's weird, man. It, it, it really is something about Spider-Man. Okay. So, when he fights Doc Ock on the train, Doc Ock bails. And he has to exert, like, all of his… I, so, I start welling up, right? When he shoots as it the tears begin to form in the eyes when he finally does the like multi-web thing and then just the strain on his face and he makes the decision maskless not to leave and protect his identity but instead to save a train full of people um and he he stops the train he barely gets it the tears start to really build when he goes to collapse and they pick him up and carry him through and then the one guy goes geez he's just a kid and it's like, yeah, yeah dude, yeah. that's who's been protecting you this whole time. Then the two kids come, give him his mask back. We won't tell we nobody. We won't tell nobody. But for me, when the tears fell, like to the point where I was like, okay, hold on. When the two random dudes are like, if you want him, you're going to have to go through me. That's, that is Spider-Man storytelling at its peak to me is when New yeah. York protects their boy. Yeah. Um, you, we get a similar scene in Miles Morales, the video game. Um, kind of something... Vaguely similar. Uh, we actually get a nice swing at this that I kind of appreciate in Amazing Spider-Man 1. We'll get there. Yeah. But when Do New York… With the cranes? Mm -hmm. Sorry to steal it from you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. When, when New York… You know, it's a cliche at this point to, in movie discussion to say New York's a character. It's really… It really should have been top build. The city's just so <laughs> alive and vibrant in this. But when New York, a city that is being conditioned to hate Spider-Man by uh, the Daily Bugle, when they stand up to protect him instead, dude, I lost it. It's yeah. just peak Spider-Man. It's totally that like Richard Donner, Marlon Brando, Jor-El speech. They're like, you'll give them an ideal to strive toward. Right. And racing behind you, they will join you in the sun. It's like that exact kind of thing. Well, and that's yeah. what Aunt May, mm -hmm. Aunt May literally sets this up before it happens. Yep. She's He's like, a hero in all of us keeps us noble. Keeps us honest. <laughs> <laughs> but when she's like, he, he needs somebody to look up to. We kind of all need somebody to look up to. And it gives us, Spider-Man gives us something to chase after. Yep. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so yeah, it's good. So then it was just in New York. It was just Jameson. Yeah. It was just he's the only one. <laughs> But yeah, dude, it, it's just so good. It's the best Spider-Man scene we have up to this point. I'm I'm hoping No Way Home beats it in some way, just because I want No Way Home to be amazing. But man, it when I think when I think of Spider-Man, I think of the train. Really, yeah, do. absolutely, absolutely. This is one of those things when I think of movies from 2000 to 2005 or 2000. It's to Lord of the Rings and this scene. Exactly. Like if we're <laughs> if we're showing a reel of like the best the best movie moments of the 2010s, like we've got Helms Deep in there and yep. we have this in there for sure. Yep. Hundred percent. And Nick Cage catching the declaration instead of yeah, the love of exactly. his exactly. Yes. <laughs> do, hey, do trust it's me? interesting. Like thematically, it's interesting that Nick Cage in that movie says uh he says the line, the founding fathers believed that if a man had the power to act, he had the responsibility yeah. to do so. And it's like, oh my gosh, dude, you just also watched Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. <laughs> well, they came out the same year and I think even wow. the same time wow. of the year. So who took from who? Mm. I don't the know. The world may never know. You know, all those old national the treasure world may comics. Never know. Yeah. For all the… <laughs> it was all, yeah, the uh, preamble to Ghost Rider, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love this scene so much. It's the best. Um… Well, uh, let me talk about what I thought your super pump might have been because it was almost yeah. mine. Go, go. Alfred Molina's… Alfred Molina is fantastic. Doc Are you kidding me? Fantastic. I, I was shocked at how much we don't get I know. He's heavy yeah. at the beginning and maybe the middle hour is like a couple scenes and it's just like, don't worry, he's building it. He's, he's building working the in the background. Again. Yeah. So… Yeah, like, the, and that's a testament to how great he was when you wish there had been more. Oh my gosh. I won't His redemption die a at monster. The end. Yeah. He is so good. That's why, spoiler alert, I guess, my theory for uh, No Way Home, in order to not wreck the character growth that we saw in two, is that he will not be a villain. I hope not. I really hope not. I love Otto and Peter's relationship here. That's. Not something that's present in the first appearance of Doc Ock, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 12, I think, 15. Unmasked by Dr. Octopus. Uh, <laughs> like, he's really just kind of one note. Uh, but this is taken from the Ultimate Comics. Uh, I think it's like issues like 1 through 12 or 12 through 24. Something like that. It's, it's right around the beginning of that run in the first couple of years of it where uh, Peter and Otto meet before he's transformed. Uh, and like, he's sort of a mentor figure to Peter. Uh, I just think that works so well. And that's such a great choice to carry that iteration of the character forward and give. Yeah, I think it's great. We actually get Peter. a really fantastic Peter and Doc Ock story in the Spider-Man game for the PlayStation. It's a yes, really, really, really good version of that story as well. It is. And I, I think that is, to me, that's one of the strengths of the script of this movie that at the beginning, Peter's learning these lessons from Doc Ock. Brilliant, but lazy, right? Which is… Uh, Incidentally, sort of how I feel about co-opting the previous Spider-Mans into a big finale Spider-Man um, Marvel. Yeah. Like, that's brilliant. But is it lazy? I don't know. Are we going to do Let's our see. own character no. legwork Doge. here? Let's this see. is Game of Thrones, DCEU scarred Doge talking. Let yourself feel, let the hype flow through you, my man. I know it is. But uh, we get the fantastic inversion of that at the very end of, of Peter and Otto. Peter basically saying, like, you have to decide what kind of person you're going to be. Uh, I've decided this is what I need to do. I need you to decide something similar. I just think it was yep. so good. So, it, so good. It's in, really in, well uh, done. While we're on Doc Ock, I have a couple bits of I Am Doo trivia. Please. Oh, please. Spider-Man 2, understandably, is rich with trivia. There's like 250. Jeez. Heavily triviaed. Yeah. Trivias. 
but there's a couple very near the bottom that not very many people found helpful on IMDb. One of them is at around 48 minutes. So when Ock robs the bank, Spider-Man throws a bag of coins at the end of his string right back at String. This, this could be a reference to the bolus spider, which catches its prey by throwing a balled-up piece of webbing rather than making a web. Not interesting. I don't think <laughs> it is, lastly, actually. I don't think it is I would say maybe when he throws spider. the balls of web is probably closer to <laughs> yeah. that yeah. reference. Here's my f- one of my favorite, if not my favorite, <laughs> I am doo-doo trivia we have ever had. Near the end of the movie, Doc Ock, played by Alfred Molina, <laughs> oh, says, Oh, okay, that's who that is. Says, I will not die a monster. In Monsters University, no. he plays Professor Knight, <laughs> a monster. <laughs> Near the end of the movie, Doc Ock, played by Alfred Molina, says, I will not die a monster. In Monsters University, he plays Professor Knight. A monster. A monster. Get out. <laughs> if, you look, if you look closely at Alfred Molina's life, you can tell they didn't actually kill him for this scene. <laughs> That's so stupid. The power of the sun in the palm of my hands. If y'all haven't That's checked so out Raimi memes on the internet, might oh I my suggest gosh. going ahead and checking Raimi, that out. Raimi memes is my blood at this point in my life. Uh, the <laughs> tentacles look pretty good. They look pretty they look good, great. dude. They're puppets a lot of the time. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's like cool. actual puppets on sticks, like Muppets, people in blue morph suits with blue pole, like holding them up. They, that's why they look good. Like any of them where they're interacting with Ock when they're like giving him a cigar, putting his sunglasses on or giving him that whiskey or putting his hat on. That's a puppet. Yeah. That somebody's that's so cool. Manipulating that. with that. The puppets look really good. The CG looks all right. But the puppets yeah. really, really hold up to me. We only got one I, I, you, uh, early Harry Potter Quidditch-esque scene to me in this movie. And it's when Doc Ock carries Mary Jane up the side of the building. Yeah. 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 Everybody just yeah. looks kind of like Gumby. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- but Raimi, what Raimi wasn't afraid to try. Oh, I dude. think I respect yes. that. Yes. You know, give it a Let, shot. Let's go back. Let's rewind just a little bit. Let's talk a little more in depth about that hospital scene when they're about to cut the arms off of Doc Ock. Oh, my goodness. The draped tarps over the arms when he's laying there. I mean, we're verging on body horror here. Again, I mean, we it did is. it again. It definitely yeah. is. Yeah. It's the, I mean, the way that the spine connects to him, that it's all these needles mm. going into his Yuck. spine. Ugh. Otto Octavius is the toughest man in the world because he's just like, Ow! I would have just been like, Dude, everybody ah! in front of screaming. him gasps as though they can see the back of him. Yes. It cracks yeah. me up. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there's screams and you know, people died for sure. But it's like a chainsaw. Yeah, like dude. it is so horror. Yeah. But I love. Oh yeah. Oh, it's, it's so, so fun. Apparently, that would never. That sequence it. would never make it in a, a big blockbuster superhero movie. Now you don't think so? I don't. I think they're like. I know there's a lot of people who will say they're super formulaic, and Marvel just does the same thing over and over again. I actually don't think that's a very fair criticism. I don't either. But I think the PG-13 rating has been so codified. The PG-13 rating itself is formulaic. Yeah, but there's in no blood like, or gore here. I think we can pull it off. There is not, but this also, like, you can't tell an action figure of this scene. That's You not- know, I, I just, I have a hard time feeling like something like this that is blatantly like, we're going to put this little horror sequence in the middle of a Spider-Man movie that a parent might be bringing their six-year-old in a Spider-Man mask to go see. Yeah. I don't think Disney would put this in a movie. Sure. Yeah, that's valid. Yeah, maybe. That's valid. Hey, guys, real quick animal update uh, from, okay. from yeah. Jordan's recording window. Little black cats walking around. Hey, buddy. I did, Hello, kittens. I found a, a 
shocking no one, a large soft spot in my heart for cats since uh, getting my own cat friend who lives with me. Mm-hmm. So some would call that a pet. I wouldn't. That's uh, a yeah. pejorative. Yeah. <laughs> Can anybody really own a cat? I prefer no is the answer, by the way. <laughs> Sometimes you can't even pick him up. He's slippery. <laughs> He's a quick guy. Um, yeah, I prefer roommate. I prefer the term uh, feline roommate. Um, I think that the glass killing Rosie mm-hmm. is dumb because yeah. there's no metal in it. So why is it flying? Because the, well, yeah, I guess it should just fall, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it magnetic or it does have a gravitational pull? That's I don't a know. good question. I mean, I mean, it only seems to affect metal, so you tell me, champ. I think they wanted to have her eyes in that reflection. Yes. Yeah. I think that's why they did that, which was fun. That Send was a, a shiny scene. piece of metal but, over, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They also, like, they do a, a plug for Doritos. Like, someone's <laughs> got a bag of Doritos. Yep. <laughs> Just kills I know she's dead, man. but the That flavor. would actually be bad for Doritos. <laughs> there would be lots of 10-year-olds that would never have Doritos again. It's like the killing Doc Ox. Why it's not? like the Apple thing, like it's like bad publicity in a movie. Have you guys seen that? That Apple doesn't allow villains yeah. in movies to have cell phones. That <laughs> came out around the time of uh, Knives Out. Yeah, because Chris Evans is the only one in Knives Out who is not using who an doesn't iPhone. Doesn't have an iPhone. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. Man, stuff. if you're a movie, you are never going to have an Apple product well, in your movie again. So you know, yeah. Apple's changed that. Now, Good, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, because now it was like a plot point, like spoiler. Yeah, yeah totally. That's so stupid. Because yeah. evil people, because evil people don't use Macs. We know this. They use Windows. Ew. They use Windows. I'm recording they on a Windows computer right Android. now. Yuck. We barely talked oh, about Mary Jane, by the way. I just realized that. Yeah. Um. I don't think Kirsten Dunst is very good here. I thought she's great. I think really? she, I think she did a good job. I think this is the best thing she's done. This this movie uh, Fargo season two, but yeah, I think she does. I've never seen a Fargo, good job. So. I think she does a good job. I think that the script to me doesn't give her anything to do other than thing, cry man. over boys. Yeah, she just doesn't. There's there. She doesn't appear to have a whole lot of agency or importance to this story, which is a bummer. I I really appreciate. I know that there are mixed feelings on Zendaya's MJ identity and and all that kind of stuff. But one thing I appreciate is that she is smart and fun and funny and has some agency within the script and the MCU. Like, um, we get a little bit of that with Gwen, too. She's a little more, um, she's got more personality. Well, even Mary Jane in the PlayStation game, the other notable Spider-Man adaptation we've had recently, Mary Jane is basically Lois Lane in that game. Totally. Which I don't... Well, I was about to say, I don't necessarily love, but there is the problem of Mary Jane needs some agency. Yeah. And and more recent comics have done a better job at that, but the, the reality is that when the character was created, she was... A damsel. A damsel and sort of wish fulfillment. She was a model who was in love with a nerd. And it, you know, that's comics had that sort of unfortunate yep. history and stigma at that time. I feel the same way about updating mm-hmm. Mary Jane's uh, story and character arcs as I do about... Uh, intentionally diversifying the Eternals cast. Yeah. Um, which is like, why not? Yeah. Or even, I mean, yeah, all of the rewrites for Shang-Chi. Right, yes. right, it was, right. Yeah. It's like, why wouldn't you change yeah. it? It, it? It's not like it's not like you're ruining a story. You're making it better because you are making it more believable because people are yeah. not monoliths. People are not right. yeah. this well, one thing. And I, you know, it's it's I, there's so much irony in, in saying something is like woke, like oh, well, this is woke. I was like, but would you rather just be snoozing? Like, right. what is the alternative? 
Dang. Wake up. That's my, wow. new, that's my new Twitter so, bio, dude. Wow. He solved it. You Carter might get mad it. that I'm woke, but you're just out here snoozing. But you snoozing. You're out here snoozing. You know what that means. Now you're I losing. feel like there's no respect for what I No, I think you're right. No, you're, no, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're right. And there's, <laughs> we won't, the core thing… We won't get into the, how annoyed I am at the Why did you wake me up? We, uh, we won't why did you wake me up? How annoyed I am by people being because mad you need to eat. at progress. Because you need to work. Imagine, so imagine the, being like… The core thing… Yeah, I'm trying to rein us back in. I'm trying to get us back on don't, track with Spider-Man. Don't. Okay. I was just going to say, imagine being mad that progress is happening and you're like, don't be woke, be sleepy and backwards and backwards in wow. time. I think the core thing that you can't change about Mary Jane, that this movie actually doesn't change about Mary Jane, is that she fully understands the risk of being with Peter and decides Peter's worth it. To me, everything else is fair game to update, but that's the core of Mary Jane's character. Even early on, that was an unusual amount of strength displayed for a woman in comics at the time. Yeah. To me, that's the thing that this movie does right, but almost everything else with her is is a total, total bummer of early 2000s women or props in movies. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Mm. We'll, we'll notice some of that in the 80s. Well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Well, I guess it's time to rate this movie using the scientific cinema scale. Uh, inspired, actually, sorry, the inspiration for the science that uh, Doc Ock uses to create the power of the sun in the palm yeah, of his he, hand. Yeah, he copied us. Uh, it's perfect, the scientific cinema scale, and it is as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy, buy that, that poster. poster. The next best thing is buy it. It's followed by rent it, and then stream it. And after that is forget it and last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I'm going to go first okay. because yes. I want y'all to be able to end strong. <laughs> I buy I buy it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it's, uh, I think to others, it would be an understandable, like unfair buy. Like, why isn't this a poster for you? But I've got to say, it just wasn't moving the needle like a lot of other things that were happening for me in movie franchises at sure. the time. And I think because it wasn't as memorable for me um, and it still was a great experience. It just, I, it didn't catch that. And honestly, I'm, I, I'm more envious of that because I love that. Yeah. Feeling. I love the, like how influential yeah. that was. But for me, it was just a window. And I think that's kind of a fascinating. Little you've just come off Return study of the King. Of like, like less than a year before you've come oh, off Return yeah. of the King. Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> Christmas before. Wrapped. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still in the middle of Harry Potter, which I'm also reading at the yeah. time. So um, yeah, it's it's a buy, but gosh, this is a great mm. movie. Yeah, it's a it's a poster for me, um, and and in fact, it's it's in the echelon of where I actually would hang this poster for real. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a buy that poster, man. It's it's a uh, it is not perfect in reality, but it is perfect in my mind, and it is perfect in experience for me. Uh, I love this movie so much. This is a rating that is on par with. Uh like E.T., The Extraterrestrial, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, in terms of movies that are so important to me, where I wish that I had not bought posters for other things. I wish, <laughs> Or I wish there was a rating higher than poster that I could give something like this or something like Tattoo e. it or on Empire your back, get back. a tramp stamp of this movie. Something, yeah, I'll get a tramp <laughs> stamp of this movie. That's the rating I give it. No, I buy the poster. This is like one of those super, super influential and important movies to me. I have probably seen this movie over 30 times, like I could probably quote the entire thing back to you when we started playing it. It's just one of those that is so, so awesome. important and meaningful to me and like has shaped my taste in movies, my sure. taste in media, but also like 
who I am as a person. I know like my therapist, my counselor would tell you that that ethos of if you have the power to do something, it's your responsibility to do something about it. Like that is a core motivator for me a lot of the time. And it can be unhealthy. Yeah. And I hope that sometimes it can be good and worthwhile. Right. For whatever reason, like this movie just hit me at that perfect time to completely shape me, both like my taste in entertainment and my lifestyle choices. Yeah. <laughs> I like to live my life like Spider-Man, you know? I live my life One like Spider-Man too. One web at a time. I live my life a quarter web at a time. Well, we sure did it, didn't we? We sure did. That is... Here we are. That is an episode. Wrapped it uh, next up. Next week. Next time, we'll be doing No Way Home. No way. It just sounded like we were done. Next week, Spider-Man 3. Sam Raimi. Not even halfway through. Now so dig like, on this. And our next Mini Monday, Hawkeye. Hawkeye episode one. Hawkeye episode one. Is it a two-episode release, though? Oh, is it? I, I thought I had read that it's episodes one and two. Well, it's going to be a long episode of ours if it is. Uh-oh. Yeah, make sure you you stay tuned for that one. Uh, for two chunks and a hunk. What I'd like to do. Man, I'm, I beefed <laughs> that pretty bad. What I'd like you, to do I mean, to end it. the episode. This time? It is at one and two. Okay, it's good to know. Mm-hmm. Let's do a little Hawkeye prediction. I think I'm the hottest guy. <laughs> you know my sister really… Are you making fun of that? No. My sister, when Avengers came out, she was like, why do they call him hot guy? I was like, no. <laughs> hey, no. Because he's you heating up. It. He keeps hitting bullseyes. You he's heating it. up. You he's hot guy. He's on, a hot, he's on a hot streak of arrows. Oh, man. To end today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our names and which MCU character unconfirmed we believe will make a cameo in Hawkeye. You can be real or silly. I'm giving you permission to be the full spectrum here. Wow, thanks. I've been waiting for that go-ahead pretty much since we started this podcast because I feel like we're it's never either. It's finally your time. It's finally your time. Uh, I'm Jordan, and Florence Pugh's character, whose name escapes me right now, is Defo. Defo going to be in Hawkeye. Is she confirmed? Let me back it up. Yeah, yeah she's confirmed. She's confirmed. I've been boy. staying away yeah. from trailers for yes. this one. She's a top build. Okay, let me back it up. Let me back it up. Let me feel it out. Let me feel it out. Flip oh. it and reverse it, please. Mm. I think that in this one, in this Hawkeye, this show, I think, I got it. Obadiah Stane, he's back. Mm. With a box of scraps. Didn't he die? Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> Bingo. He's back. That was my panic answer. <laughs> I'm Doge. Val. I mean, it's obviously Val. Yeah. Val's going to be in this. Yeah, for sure. She's not confirmed though, right? Elaine? She's not, she's not confirmed. She's not. Yeah, no, she's no, definitely no. in there. She is, she is now. Yeah. In a similar vein, I'm Carter and John Walker. That's what I was about Ooh. to ask if yeah. we thought he was going to be there. Yeah. yeah. I think John Walker's going to be yeah, in it. I think yep. so too. Because it would not surprise I me. If- I also might say uh, John Walker's one of the best things about that that series, about that television show. I'll take yeah. that. He's interesting. Introducing I'll take him. That. Yep. It was great. Totally. Totally. Well, you know what they say. Every time we end this episode, let's say it together. Every time we end a podcast episode, we say, we love you. We love you. We love you. We're proud, We're proud of, you. of you. We're proud of you. We believe, we in, believe you. in you. We believe in you. Chase your heart. Chase, Chase your, your heart. heart. Follow your dreams. Follow your dreams. And as always. And never least. Go in peace. Go in peace. Go in peace. Young Wayanara. Yeah.
how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.